there, you are listening to IWG Radio, the place to be for all of your wellness needs. We just want to take a moment to thank you so much for listening and just let you know that any of the information that is provided is strictly for an educational resource and is not intended to diagnose or treat any conditions. The lifestyle interventions discussed should not be used as a substitute for any type of conventional medical therapy. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Integrative Wellness Radio. I have Dr. Nick, and then we also have John Levine here with us. He's actually on the flip side right now because he's usually um, interviewing others, but I had the luxury of touching base with him and meeting him, and he had such a fascinating story. So I really wanted him to come on here and share And I think that, you know, some of the interesting points that we touched on was just his evolution to becoming this holistic podcaster and the many jobs in between. So I want him to just share a little bit more about, you know, kind of how he got into this world of of holistic medicine and podcasting about it. First of all, thank you for having me, Dr. Nick and Dr. (laughs) Nicole. It's a pleasure to be on the show. So thank you for the opportunity. We're happy to have you. Yeah. Like-minded people. Yes. One from Iowa and one from New Jersey. Now both New Jersey. So yeah, I, so my podcast is the Whole Truth Podcast. It's H-O-L. People say think it's W-H-O-L or H-O-L-E. It's yeah. whole, H-O-L. Whole as in holistic. And the mm-hmm. truth as in it's real information, not nonsense that you get on the TV where you know you people mm-hmm. are dancing in the lily fields and drug companies. It's not filtered? No. This is, and you know what? I get to do what I want to do. Like, Ming lets me come in here and I just like, I just go nuts. Yeah. Um, But so, the purpose of my podcast is to educate with real information. Mm -hmm. I bring on health experts that I'm aligned with. Mm -hmm. Whether it's from a Lyme disease expert to a biological dentist, like Mm -hmm. my dentist, right? He took the mercury out of my teeth, mm-hmm. and he does not use fluoride. Now, that could be a little bit debatable, but, you know, these are people that I bring on that I, I – they're real deal. They're the real deal. Yeah. They're not people that I'm not I'm, – I'm aligned with my, with my guests. Mm-hmm. Um, I also bring on people that are inspiring. Mm-hmm. A couple people come to mind. One who decided not to go the chemotherapy route. Mm-hmm. I am not telling people not to do chemotherapy. That's important. I want to make sure I understand – people understand that. I am not telling people to do that. Yeah. I am my job is to bring on health experts that I'm aligned with, people who have reversed chronic diseases through lifestyle medicine. Mm-hmm. The the hard way. It's very hard to get healthy. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get sick. And what I mean by that is if you want to get sick in my mind, you can run to the doctor and ask for a pill. Mm-hmm. And you can be sick and you can stay sick. And that's a very quick, easy way to do it. It's going to cost you a little bit, but you go in, doctor's willing to give you a little bit of, give, most doctors will give you medicine. You, you get medicine and mm-hmm. off you go. It's very quick to get McDonald's. It's very quick to get Burger King. It's the convenience lifestyle. So if, so I think fast, 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 the way we live and more, more, more mm-hmm. ends up getting us in trouble. Yeah. Slower, as in, chew your food, mm-hmm. sit the hell down, <laughs> breathe. eat, breathe, <laughs> which I'll remind myself to do right now. <laughs> chew dark leafy greens, real food, and maybe it takes a little bit, like, cook. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it takes a little bit more work, 
But that's the stuff that gets you healthy. But so I'm passionate about it. So my my the genesis behind all of this. Um, so anyway, let me just back up again. So so the whole idea is to educate. So I'll bring out someone. Let's just say Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. We're going to educate on Lyme disease and how mm-hmm. to treat. What is it? How to, how to treat it? That's one of the many shows that I've done. And then the other part of it, which I think is is even more important, is inspiring people to make that move. Because mm-hmm. I think inherently people have an idea of what they need to do. What they need to do. Mm-hmm. It's like someone who's smoking on the corner. They don't need John Levine to tell them that that's going to get them sick. Like they, yeah, yeah. They know. So like you just need to give them some love and some support mm-hmm. to get them to make that move. Mm-hmm. And then what I also do on the show, which I think is also important, is it's not dull. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a little bit of a whack job, so I I, <laughs> I make everyone do push-ups and cartwheels and crazy, and I do it myself. And I, you know, you gotta get in there yourself, and um, we have fun. And I say some crazy things, but it's got to be, you know, because some of this stuff can be doom and gloom. You want to spice it up. But so anyway, so after college, I was selling Yellow Book, of all things, which was the phone book. And I was in South Florida. <laughs> I was a single guy. And life was great. I was a single guy in South Florida. And it, I had a buddy who said, who I graduated high school with. And he moved down there. And he would call me up. And he'd get off the beach. And he's like, what are you waiting for? And I got a job in Yellow Book. And I'm like, all right, I'm out. I'll go. <laughs> so I was getting my head kicked in going door to door in the Florida heat mm-hmm. selling Yellow Book. And I did well. I'm a good salesman. Um, and then I got on the pharmaceutical sales, which is what I always wanted to get into because that was like the dream job because mm-hmm. it certainly pays more than selling the phone book. <laughs> a little bigger ROI. Yeah, a little, a little bit bigger. They give you uh, a car. Mm-hmm. The doctors actually want to see you. <laughs> and I, don't get, I don't get books thrown at me from auto mechanics. Like, like <laughs> they actually want to see you. I come in with donuts and lunch. Oh, hi, John. How are you? I'm like, this is a joke. This is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I, so I felt like I went from such a hard job where mm-hmm. you really have to have like rhino skin to deal with it, to yeah. stick to stick with it, to a fairly easy, cushy job. Mm-hmm. I mean, you need to know about, you know, I sold high blood pressure medication. I needed to know what I was selling, clearly. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I had 131 doctors. And what I got to see was disheartening. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I wasn't telling them anything. My job was to kind of tell them, they didn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. They were busy. Mm-hmm. They needed to see a certain amount of people every day. It was just quick, quick, quick. I ended up basically schmoozing them, giving them lunch, and you know, filling up their medicine cabinets with my prescriptions. You mm-hmm. know, two different—I won't say the drugs, but two different high blush, high blood pressure medications. Mm-hmm. And I saw this wasn't working. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know, I thought to myself, what if this was my mom or my dad? that were sitting in this and, and they had high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Was anyone actually saying, hey, you know what? What's your lifestyle like? Mm-hmm. You, you have to get to know the person. Mm-hmm. And they don't have the time. They don't have the time. And it's, this is not doctor bashing because it's not their fault. Because they no, it's s- the insurance company dictates it all. So the whole system is just a train wreck. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work. And no one wins. You know, the doctors feel squeezed. The insurance companies are driving them nuts. You know, it's, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the patients come in, they take the quick pill, and that's not going to, you know, make, it's the Band-Aid <laughs> approach. It'll put, you put the Band-Aid on and then like, but it's not going to, you know, heal anything. Because mm-hmm. as, you, as you guys know, it's the root cause. So unless you spend the time 
with that person to understand what's happening, mm -hmm. they're not going to heal. So my aha moment was this. I had a high prescribing doctor, two of them. And for the most part, I went in there, said hi, and would drop off samples. So I'm loading up the cabinet with samples, loading it up. There's an old lady sitting there, and she says, oh, what do you have there? And I said, well, one of my drugs. She said, oh, I take that. And she said, what do you have there? And she pointed to the other one, and I said, the other drug. And she said, oh, I'm taking that too. And then she started pointing to all the other things in the cabinet, which weren't my drugs. There's a million other ones. And she said, oh, I take that and that and that. And I'm pretty friendly. So I said, I said how, much, how much are you taking? And I can't remember exactly, but she's like, oh, I take like, you know, 15 different things. I, all I do is take pills. And then she looked at me and she's like, I just want to die. <laughs> and when you hear something like that and you're in the room with this old lady and the doctors are out of the room, that is like, like what do you say? Mm -hmm. I just felt horrible. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, why would you want to say that? And she's like, you know, I don't have a lot of family around. All my friends are dying. I don't really have anyone. And I felt horrible. Mm -hmm. And I realized right then and there, she didn't need to be taking high blood pressure medication. She didn't need to be taking cholesterol medication. She didn't need to be taking any of that stuff. She needed love and support. Mm -hmm. She didn't have a lot of family. Her friends were dying. She needed community. Mm -hmm. she, need, she needed to be social. And, and that's right there. Like the doctors need to ask that. That's the root. That's what's causing. All her stress. All the stress. Mm -hmm. that, caused, that gets you the high blood pressure. That, that gets you the high cholesterol. That gets you 20 pounds overweight or whatever it may be. So the root cause. Mm -hmm. Which to me always made sense to, if you don't look at that, what's the what's the point? Well, and the sad thing is like, that's just one story. There's that's just one story. Thousands and thousands and thousands of that same story. Yeah. And then when it goes back to even like everybody talks about the blue zones and they're reading those books and they're trying to figure out like how can I live really long and be healthy like these communities, and that's what it is is their communities. Yeah. Like these are people that are you know they they work together, they take care of their kids together. You know they're they're a true yeah. community, and like that's like the biggest difference and the most important thing. And of course they're eating cleaner and they're actually chewing their food and <laughs> they're fishing for their own fish and you know they're living off of the land but when it comes to that community that is and that's really what they encompass in Europe I feel like still to this day yeah. is more of those villages and the communities and you know they go to the markets they don't go to grocery stores together yeah. And they farm together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They do it together. Yeah. And what's so funny is we had a roommate when we were in school together that was from Spain. And sh her English wasn't very good when she first came um, to California because that's where we went to school. And I remember being like, did you eat? Like, have you eaten? And <laughs> she was just like, barely could understand what I'm saying. And I was just like, get in the car. And I took her to the grocery store. And and I took her to Trader Joe's, like pretty nice grocery store. And I just remember she was a deer in headlights. And I was like, are you okay? Like, have you never been to a grocery store before? Yeah. And I was like, or is the food really different? And she just like didn't understand. She's like, grocery stores, like we don't have this. Like we don't do this. Like we go to markets right, and right. farmer's markets. And <clears throat> it was very, very eye-opening. Sometimes less is more. Yeah. Well, and then she didn't know how to store 
quote unquote, didn't know how to store food properly. Oh, oh she yeah. put the eggs in the cabinet. I go, not in the U.S. Not in the U.S. <laughs> throw them out. Throw them out. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. Not these eggs, babe. Not these eggs. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> but, I mean, she was used to getting like food almost like, like on, a farm day, fresh. on a daily thing. Like it was just yeah. like you wanted something, you go to the market, you grab it, you use it that day, next day, and like, yeah. you go and do it again. And it's like, here, it's like we load up for a month and then we go to the next yeah. month to the store. And you're yeah. like, where do those eggs come from? Because we don't source anything locally. <laughs> wow. That's funny. I believe it. And my wife's from Poland. So we go to Poland um, and we go to Europe every summer. Mm-hmm. And I see it. Yeah. I see it. Yeah. You know, and I always, I always say, like, you know, the people from Europe that move over to our country, I'm not going to sound very patriotic when I say this, but it's the truth. They get sick. Yeah. Yeah. They get yeah. sick. Yeah. Like be, sometimes like be careful what you wish for, you yeah. know, like everyone kind of like in Europe, not everyone, but like, you know, the Bon Jovi and Bruce. And I know my wife was like, oh, I wanted to move to America and go to school, go to college in, 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 the, in the U.S. And then, you know, the, you get run down, you eat the packaged food, you get that fast lifestyle and you, and you get sick. Yeah. And you can I think that you can. And, and, and that's I, I noticed the problem. So I, this is a long story, but I, I think it is important that people understand. So. While I was selling high blood pressure medication and, and seeing that there was an issue, my dad was was um, uh, was got brain cancer. He mm-hmm. had a rare form of brain cancer and Parkinson's almost at the same time. So he got really sick, and I was basically commuting back and forth from Florida to New Jersey. Uh, I was very close with my dad, and I just felt that hit me like a ton of bricks. And even right now, like I just, I'm getting emotional because it's um, – it's just funny. Like I got into pharmaceutical sales. I always thought, oh, wow, this is the job I wanted to get, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I saw one side of it. And then at the same time, my dad got sick. And I'm like, damn, like this is like, this wasn't the way it was supposed to work out. Um, long story short, he, he passed away. Um, that's obviously stuck with me and will forever. Um, I ended up moving back to New Jersey. I've, got, I've been in real estate for years. And real estate... It's been a good career for me, and it's treated me well. Is not me. Mm-hmm. It's not me. I am. I was born with a ball in my hand. Like I, I played basketball, baseball, football. Mm-hmm. So I've, if I wasn't playing sports, I was lifting weights. If I wasn't lifting weights, I was running. If I wasn't doing that, I was doing an Ironman. If I wasn't doing that, it's just part of me. Mm-hmm. I was born like that, um, and I've had certain experiences experiences that have led me to doing this podcast. And the other thing I could tell you that I think it's important to have an open mind. I do have a friend who literally just texted me before the show, ironically. Mm-hmm. And he he was on the holistic bandwagon before I was. I, I knew, you know, I was always into sports and training, but I didn't know what to eat. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, you know, I didn't grow up in a holistic household. I grew up in I would just say a regular household where, you know, you ate some junk and it was packaged food and things were kind of fast and just average. Yeah. Um, so I was clueless. I didn't, I didn't know. Like, to me, when you played basketball, you drank Gatorade. Yeah. I came with Gatorade. And my buddy came with Manuka honey water with chia seeds. <laughs> yeah. And he, I looked at him like, you're nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And everyone else, see, the only difference between me and everyone else is I looked at him like he was nuts, but I asked questions. Yeah. And he didn't push anything on me. I asked. Mm-hmm. And when he told me, okay, I thought about it. I looked it up. I also used to eat protein bars. Like, I mean, on the run, fast, fu- fast food, right? Mm-hmm. Fast protein bars. I thought protein bars were, were healthy. 
you know, I'm, I'm lifting weights. I need to eat protein bars. He took one out of the garbage one day and he said, John, he's like, dude, you, you keep asking me. I don't want to push this information. But if you want to know, just read this on the back label. Mm-hmm. And there's like God knows how much <laughs> stuff. And I can't read it. It's propylene glycol, propylene glycolysid, you know, yeah. millions of different things. And he's like, just pick this one, look it up, and then get back to me. And I did. And I looked it up and I found it in the chemical dictionary. And then I, I, I'm a little bit of an extremist, so I'll, once I get some information, I just go nuts. So then I just started reading books, and, and I realized that, like, I wasn't eating food. Yeah. I was eating chemicals. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it was in the chemical dictionary because it was a chemical. Mm-hmm. It was making the protein bar glue together. Mm-hmm. Right. It was making it glue together and not, yeah. like, you know, die off. It was, yeah. it was like, I'm like, wow. And, and for some stupid reason, I never thought about it like that. Mm-hmm. But finally, that was the probably the second aha, like, what am I doing? What am I putting into my body here? Mm-hmm. And then Gatorade, right? So, like, you know, not to bash Gatorade. Well, I am bashing Gatorade. <laughs> screw you, Gatorade. I, it just is what it is. It's fine. Out, it's all, they started out good. And then, yeah. and then it they took a turn. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. In Florida. But, you know, the blue, the blue dye, the yeah. red dye. I'm like, that's not what I want to be putting in my body. Mm-hmm. So I got into that. Um, and it became like, you know, you know, I read the China study, you know, about like whether meat was good or whether meat was bad. And I know that's a whole other controversial subject, but I really delved into, you know, nutrition. Yeah. I, I went nuts. I mean, Forks Over Knives, um, all the documentaries, you know, Food Inc., what they do to animals. Um, and I learned. I think I learned real information about like really what was going on out there. And I decided I didn't want to partake in this nonsense. Mm-hmm. I did go vegan for seven years. I'm, I'm not technically vegan right now. Um, mm-hmm. I'll eat a little bit of meat, but not much. But I did not want to partake in what was going on with animals. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, once I saw it and once I heard it, it was game over for me. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not telling people not to eat meat. I'm just telling my story yeah. of, of, of how I felt. I think the biggest thing is, like, we went through a similar journey, but it's like, you don't know what you don't know. Like, you're eating the protein bars. Like, I did so many things when I was young that I thought were healthy based off of my knowledge at that time. Like, I grew up in an Italian household that it was, like, pasta, meatball, sauce. We ordered pizza all the time, Chinese food, whatever. And I remember then, like, I got a little older, and I was like, I'm just going to eat sushi, and I'm going to eat <laughs> fish. But I didn't know farmed and wild, and yeah. I didn't know about mercury. Like, I didn't know any of that stuff. So in my mind, all my friends were eating, you know, we're going out, they're going out for pork roll, like, pork roll, egg, and cheese, and whatever. And I'm, like, eating sushi or having a salad at the pizza place while everyone's eating pizza with pepperoni right. on it. And... I just, you don't know what you don't know. So I was making a better choice. But at the end of the day, when you get into the nitty gritty is like what I was doing was toxic. It wasn't, it was at least food, but it was still toxic. Right, right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's tough. I I, I really honestly think it is very, 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 very hard. Uh, It's not easy. It's hard Mm -hmm. because there's so much information when you're, when you're younger that you're bombarded with. If you watch TV, you're bombarded. Bombarded. Programming. I mean, the Super Bowl was just on. You're bombarded. Doritos, Pepsi, this. Oh I mean, my just gosh. blasted into your the head. The Super Bowl was brutal. <laughs> yeah. I don't even watch the Corn sear. Oh my gosh. I don't even watch it. I, I I literally, I won't even. Yeah. I put in, hold my ears. I just, I don't want to see it anymore. I don't want to watch it. Uh, but it's hard because it's not anyone's fault. You've been bombarded no. with this information. 
And it's big business. The Pepsi's mm-hmm. job is to make money. Yeah. They're that, not looking after your health. That's not their job. And I think that's what job. people forget is that even medicine in the U.S., it's all for profit. It's not their job to make you healthy. It's no. literally, that's harsh, but it's not their job no. to make you healthy. That's no. not what their bottom line is. They're no. looking to make a profit. And you ask any nurse um, in the hospitals and it's the, the foundation has changed and it is yeah. all for profit in and out, like that you have this bed for this long, you know, it's it's a very interesting model. You don't typically go to the hospital. Look, I mean, if you get hit by a bus. Go to the hospital. You go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> go to the hospital. Don't come to me. We're talking about chronic con- chronic conditions. You yes, know, that, exactly. That if you go into the hospital, for you you may not make it out. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it with my father. I, 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 I wish, looking back, that he was eating better. Mm-hmm. I, I wish someone had told him, let's change your diet. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, nutrition's not everything, but it's a lot. What mm-hmm. you put in your body becomes your blood. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense that if you put chemicals into your body, that becomes your blood. Mm-hmm. If you feed your body with sugar, it feeds cancer. It feeds the bad bacteria. It, it feeds these Diseases. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if that's you, what do they say? Seventy percent of our illness now is lifestyle. It, it's chronic illness due to poor lifestyle. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's more than seventy, but <laughs> yeah, so it's like ninety-nine. <laughs> yeah, but that's a technical statistic. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I just got fed up. You know, so like, I, honestly, I. I I signed up to become a health coach. When I say that, I signed up for um, Integrative Institute of Nutrition, mm-hmm. IIN, mm-hmm. in New York City. Um, it was online, so it was, it was I didn't have to trek into the city or anything like that. And ironically, I did not sign up to become a health coach, even though I just said that. I signed up for more information. Because mm-hmm. my, my wife is always researching, you know, detox and this and that. I used to see IIN, IIN, and Certified Holistic Health Coach. And mm-hmm. I, what is that? In, you know, me being me, I had to look it up and find out more. And that led me to that. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Maybe I can get some more information. About six months into it, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, this is like, what am I doing? Like, I'm getting a lot of information. I'm happy to do that. But if I, at some point, I, you've got to do something with it. Yeah. So, John, take action. Like, that's enough already. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you you live a certain way. My three kids, my wife, we live a certain way. And I realized that, like, I'm in a little bit of a bubble. That There's people out there who don't know what I know. They don't have access to the doctors that I think are superstar doctors. Mm -hmm. So I thought, how do I do this? Mm -hmm. I can be a health coach or I can go to a shared universe podcast studio (laughs) and start a podcast. Yes. Because I had a couple buddies who are like, John, do a podcast. I'm like, what the heck is a podcast? I'm like, I have no idea. I'm like, I'm old. I don't know what a podcast is. (laughs) Yeah. And they they kept telling me that, like, you'd be good on a podcast. And then I finally have a friend, Dr. Angela, who do you know what Dr. Angela? I don't think so. She's no. great. She's an OBGYN in the area. And, mm-hmm. she, and here's a plug for her. She is incredible. What a personality. All heart. Great OBGYN. And she, she was, I think, the first. She was the first person in this studio to do a podcast. And I saw her at a birthday party. And she said, this was years ago. And she's like, John, I started a podcast. I said, Angela, I said, I love you. I support you. I have no idea what a podcast is. <laughs> But, but, I, awesome. but I support you. So I thought about that when I was in IIN. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, because if I, I like to talk. And if I talk as a health coach, I'm going to feel better. But my, <laughs> but my client's not going to do too well. 
Yeah. Because the whole idea is to let the client speak mm-hmm. and get out the information and for me to have active listening, to have my ears work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's where the, she, she said, so Dr. Angela said, John, go see Ming in Eatontown. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, you know, where's Ming? You know, Ming Dynasty in Eatontown. And Ming Dynasty. She, she gave, me, gave me the address and I'm like, screw it. I called him up. He picked up and he's like, come on in. I came in and. Here we are. And I think I, you know, we're six months in and um, I've done probably, I don't know, 40 podcasts, 45 podcasts. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Because what I'm doing is is so valuable. I don't mean to like, you know, pat myself on the back, but I feel like I'm really making a difference. Mm-hmm. I feel like I bring on these health experts that are really real, authentic, caring people, inspiring stories. And then you, you educate people on, on, on things that they don't know, which yeah. is, again, not their fault. No. If you watch TV, if you listen to the radio, mm. you will get bombarded with this stuff. So I feel like it's my job to give them this information, this real, that's why it's HOL truth, the whole truth information, along with the entertainment value of what, <laughs> what's, what is going to come out of my mouth next <laughs> or, you know, something about, it's usually something about like nuts or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's been a couple of nut jokes, but like that, that's food, right? When I'm not talking about, what are you guys thinking about? <laughs> what are we thinking about? Yeah. I'm just talking about almonds and walnuts and <laughs> trees. <What? laughs> this is spiraling. <laughs> this is spiraling. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, so we have fun with it. And, and that's, you know, and that's... And I, I think that's huge because when people think about taking care of their health, they think that it's going to be this really daunting process. And it really doesn't have to be. It, it can, with the right, you know, information, the right testing, the right strategy, you don't have to make this, you know, be like, oh my gosh, I'm on an elimination diet. I can't eat anything. You know, I can't go out. I can't socialize. And I think that that's been something that we've worked towards is, you know, when we first got in, yeah, when we first got into this, we were just, we were kind of really going above and beyond with our lifestyle. And we were just, you know, waking up, juicing, smoothieing, like kale, this, that. And then it just became very overwhelming. And I was like, I want to lead a healthy lifestyle, but I do want balance. Yeah. And that's what kept us, you know, growing, learning, evolving. And I think that's one of the comfort factors we bring to our clients now is knowing that it's about balance and stress is the worst thing. So if you're right. super stressed out about, you know, changing your lifestyle, let's take it piece by piece so you're not completely overwhelmed. Yeah. I, I mean, I totally agree with you. Um, and I think that it's important I try to remind myself all the time to to not push information and also to meet people where they are. Mm-hmm. And some people are ready to like, you know, be like, yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to change my lifestyle and eat vegetables and fruit. And, <laughs> and, and it's not, some people are ready and some people are not ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important to meet people where they are, support them and show that you care and I think that showing that you care, and, and clearly you two seem to be very passionate about it. Um, so that's great. I mean, partly, like, if you go to see Dr. Nick and Dr. Nicole, and I'm not just, you know, blowing smoke, but if you see the passion that you have, if you see that you care, it's probably going to make the patient want to do it more. Yeah, of course. Well, I'm well, feeling as, supported. 
And as yeah. like, and the way I come about it is I've been where you've been, like on the other side. It's like, yeah. you know, there's times in my life where I was like, you know, I was drinking tons of milk and I was like my like Oh, the and, famous and, corn. Oh, oh wait, God. wait. Oh yeah, corn. he eats corn, corn but cottage with cheese. cottage cheese because it together. sticks to the fork better. Ooh, that's how I grew up. It was corn, <laughs> cottage cheese, milk, white bread, like all the stuff. So I was like, you know, yeah. who, am I, who am I to be like now that I have all this knowledge? Sit on the other side and be like just judging you like that would just that yeah like you're here. I've been where you're at. Like yeah. let's do this together, kind of thing. Yeah. It, I, yeah, I totally agree with you. That's a that's a smart way to go about it. I, I no one wants to be told what to do and mm-hmm. pushed into something. Yeah. You know, my my sis, my sister, uh, <clears throat> if she's listening, she'll kill me. But <laughs> so I'm always trying to tell her. Like, muff sister. <laughs> so like, remember like Cheerios came out and they, they found like GMOs and in, in, uh, no, they, uh, they found glyphosate in Cheerios. Yeah. This was a couple months back. Uh, I was at my sister's house in Westchester, and there was like a couple boxes of Cheerios, and I'm like, John, you. Zip it, like don't say anything, right? Because she doesn't want to hear it a lot of yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, I just couldn't help it. I'm like, you know, I'm like Lauren. I'm like, everything else is good, but the Cheerios. I'm like, they found glyphosate in the Cheerios. I'm like, you might want to get rid of the Cheerios. And the look on her face was like, oh, she didn't want to hear it. Next time I got there, there was 25 boxes of Cheerios. Really? Oh God. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm joking with you, but oh. the point is, like, it's like literally, like, can go the wrong way. Yeah, like, yeah. Like you, you can li- literally get someone so mad that they'll actually get out, go and buy more Cheerios. Yeah. Just because they they get pissed and they don't want to be told what to do. Yeah. yeah. You're gonna tell me to stop smoking cigarettes? <laughs> I'll take two packs now. Yeah. But people like to be inspired more than told what to do. And, oh, my gosh, I learned this the hard way, coming on strong with my Jersey attitude. When I was in school, I was horrible. I was like, you should do this. I would come home. I'd throw all my parents' uh, uh, Costco supplements in the garbage. I threw my mom's margarine out. She apparently had, like, 30 things of margarine. And I was just, like, threw it out. She lost her mind. (laughs) And I was like, maybe this isn't the best approach. She's probably Uh, like, Dr. Nicole, you're Italian. What happened to you? Are you supposed to eat like this? Oh, my gosh. But it's interesting because when we moved back from California, when we started our business, you know, I was just like, you know, let's just do our thing. And, you know, if people ask, great, similar to what you were saying. But if they don't, they don't. Uh, You know, it's this is our values. It doesn't mean that it's everybody else's. Right. And it was very interesting because even with some of my friends, I found that they would come over and maybe like expect that everything was going to taste like cardboard. And then they're eating and they're (laughs) like, what is this? What is this? How'd you make that? Can you give me that recipe? And yeah. I, it was really cool to see that. And they started, you know, thinking differently and yeah. choosing other things. Um, so I was like, those little changes are just were so huge for them. Yeah, that's yeah, that's great. I think when they ask, right? So like when they're ready to be like, hey, Napoleon. what do you got there? Like, yeah. that's when you're they're kind of hooked. Yeah, and people, I think, like what your journey was is. You have to almost seek out the information yourself for it to really stick. Yeah. But it's almost become it almost spirals because once you start, you see one documentary and you're like, "Holy Ooh. crap, that's been going on this whole time!" And then you like you just keep going for more and more information. Yeah. And then you almost get to this place of being like, "I just need to live in a bubble." <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. And I think it's important for people to know is like. Yes, it can be a little overwhelming when you get this information and you realize most of the things we eat and use are toxic. But, you know, one of the things that we educate on is that our bodies are designed to filter the bad stuff out. They are. We have tonsils. We have a spleen. We have our liver. We have our lymph nodes. We have our kidneys. 
But the problem is, is that there's too much working against us. And it's become worse and worse with all the chemicals, the glyphosate, um, you know, pesticides, herbicides, whatever. And then antibiotics and medications on top of it. And it's just all of those filters, they can't work anymore. So we're getting sicker and sicker and sicker. I agree with you. I I think our bodies are designed where I think we're perfect machines. I think our bodies, we need to let our bodies work. But to your point, I agree. There's so much, there's so many chemicals. There's, we're bombarded with toxins that it, it's become overloaded. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I do agree. I think it's just become our bodies are almost like, whoa, mm-hmm. like I can't handle this overload of yeah. toxins. Um, and some of the patients that I work with have done the, they've changed their diet. They've done the research. And they're just frustrated because, like, why am I not 100%? And it kind of goes back to that point is you need to make sure you're putting the good stuff in and you're yeah. stopping using the aluminum antiperspirant yeah. and, you know, getting rid of maybe all the crap uh, nonstick Teflon pans. Like, all of those things are toxic, by the way, those of you listening that don't know that. Right. But um, – Sometimes if you've been doing that for 30, 40 years, those chemicals need a little support to get out. You need to help get them out so that you can reap the benefits of your new lifestyle. I agree. You guys use an ionic foot bath? We do. (laughs) See, I knew knew we could get along. (laughs) We've been using that in my house for a couple years now. They're a little bit of a pain in the neck because it takes Mm -hmm. a long time. and, And I have three kids, so my wife... She gets. She lines them up. No, well, well, I'm the last one to get it. So, so usually I don't get the ionic ionic foot bath, but my kids get it. Then, then my wife gets it, and then occasionally I'll go in there. Oh my god, it feels good. Yeah. There's something called evidence based science. Yes. And evidence based science is something that works. Yes. So to me, it's always funny because it's like, where's the science behind this? Well, the science is suppressed because pharmaceutical science. But right, but the science is like, if I do something. Like, let's say I do a foot bath, and I do it a month straight. Mm-hmm. And every time I feel really good. Exactly. That's a science experiment. Yes. It's on one person. It's not on 10 million people, but that's a science experiment. Mm-hmm. That works for me. Exactly. Well, uh, that's the thing is when people ask us these questions, I'm like, we do what we do because we see it work clinically. Yeah. You know, I'm not a researcher in a lab that doesn't deal with humans, that deals with rats. Like, I'm right. actually seeing real-life people with real-life problems, and I see them get better. Yeah. So don't, don't sit here and tell me that what I do doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, we have eyeball. Yeah. So going back to that, is we have two dogs, and... I'm the same as you. Like, I'll put the, we call it a paw bath. I'll put their, no <laughs> yes. way. Are you serious? Yeah. And it gets even creepier. I, I do a lot of muscle testing. So I'll muscle test the dog, see if, because the lymph it works more if you do the front paws or our hands, like a hand bath. Uh, it's upper, upper lymph lower. So, like, we'll muscle test uh, via an intermediate to see, like, should he be doing his front paws today? Should we be doing his back paws oh, today? Oh, that's funny. Like, all this stuff. And then it's like, oh, time's up. Dad doesn't get a foot bath today. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, dogs, those are, they're kids. Oh, 100%. It helps Dog, them so much. It's insane. I, you know, I'm an animal lover. Dogs dogs are, they're like raising kids. Yeah. You know, oh, they yeah. need support. They're social creatures. They need love. They need the foot baths. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the muscle testing. I know. I no, it. I love it. I'm yeah, a boy. Yeah. That's great. Oh, we're that's crazy. Great. We're, yeah. yeah, we do all of our therapies on them, and it's just like it works They love the sauna. So well. Like, they, we say sauna, and they run up to the infrared sauna. Like. Oh, 
They really? Love they it. love the yeah. sauna. So they go in the sauna too. Yep. Yeah. They do everything. They do everything. Yeah. How lo- what kind of well. dogs are these? Vishless. What? I, I don't They're uh, similar to Weimariners. A hunting dog, bird dog. Yeah. yeah. No way. They're yeah. the coolest. How long do they go in the infrared sauna? The so, one only stays in like 10 minutes, yeah, but the, the Booker, loves, it. Booker loves it. He'll sit in there for like half an hour with yeah. us. Oh, that's it's classic. It's so funny. Yeah. And yes, it's safe. Everyone listening, thinking like we're killing our dogs. It's completely safe. It actually just helps their uh, immune system. So That is so cool. And yeah. dogs don't sweat. So it's like when they start panting, then, you know, it's like time to, to let them out. Yeah. That's right. I think I always say Booker is the older one. He's the one who likes to stay in the sauna. He's preparing himself to move to Puerto Rico. Because yeah. <laughs> we took him to Puerto Rico for two weeks when we got married. And then we got back and he's like, what do you mean that isn't our real life? He was depressed. Like, he was so depressed. Like, for like a year, I yeah. think. Maybe still. <laughs> These dogs live better than I do. A yeah. hundred yeah. times over. Uh, they, They're literally... That's, Literally that's our my children. next life. I want to come back as them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are good parents. <laughs> they crush it. Yeah. Infrared sauna, foot baths, <laughs> muscle testing. Do they get like full body massages too? What's going on here? They get a little fascia rolling. Jeez. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. These dogs have it made. Yeah, it's not bad. If you ever came to our office, you would see. They they have their beds. They sit on, like perched up like kings. <laughs> oh, that's great. Everybody is like, these dogs are ridiculous. And but. the office is where? In Belmar? Belmar. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Yes. I've got to come um, to the office. Yeah, you gotta come you'll check love it, out. it. We'll blow your mind. Don't worry. So what kind of things do you guys do in the office? He's I'm like, t- now I'm... we're flipping the switch. No, no, you're right. You're right. This... No, no, no. Um, no, we, no, sorry. We do a lot of stuff. It's, it's. I would say the, the foundation of it is our biggest goal is to really evolve how healthcare is being done. And we take the step back to not look at the body as separate systems. And we look at it as an integration, a holistic view. And because it's a, it's a of, good word. Yeah. The, the whole, <laughs> the whole the truth. Whole truth. Uh, so we really just have specific testing that allows us to bridge the gap, um, not just between our traditional testing, like our blood work, which I personally call chemistry-based testing. Okay. We also use some very specific um, meridian, frequency, and DNA-based testing as well. So we almost take the worlds of physics and chemistry and put them together to give people the most accurate answers to their foundational issues, their root cause. And then from there, we have a variety of integrative um, therapies that we do. And that's all dictated by their testing. And we might be working with somebody and doing a lot of physical-based work. We might be doing neurological, chiropractic, physical therapy, muscle work. Or we might be doing detox with the ion foot baths or infrared sauna. We might be doing meridian-based work, um, like acupuncture. So every single person varies on what their needs are. But that's the cool thing is there's no cookie-cutter protocol. There's no like, oh, you have a gut problem? Okay, here's your cookie-cutter protocol. It's we're going to test it, see if it is your gut, if there's something connected to it, and then we're going to actually test to see what therapies your body is going to do the best with. Yeah, I love it. Um we're similar, but we're not all alike, right? Mm-hmm. So 100%. I always say my analogy is I am allergic to penicillin. I don't know why it's I am. It's because you're moldy. It's because I'm moldy? Yeah. You think so? So penicillin is made from penicillium, which is mold. And you could be exposed from water-damaged building, um, air conditioning unit that used to blow in your face that was moldy, or it could be coffee, cheese, wine, uh, peanut butter. Or antibiotics. Or antibiotics. <laughs> I like it. I never thought about that. How how old were you when you were diagnosed? 
I was young because I got a penicillin shot and I couldn't move. I was paralyzed. My whole body felt like it was going to just like break. I was, it was so much pain. I couldn't get off the bed. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom being like, come on, it's time to go to school or wherever we were going. And I, I couldn't even move. Mm-hmm. Um, You're definitely moldy. <laughs> More than you know. You can't have a, a reaction to something that's not in your body. Okay. So it's like. It had to be in your body. Your body already had an, had uh, antibodies to it. Yeah, right. For, for the immune system to have. So potentially, reaction. this was. I don't know. I was young, six something. Yeah. I don't. So remember. it could have been your environment when you in your childhood home, or it could have been that mom had the toxicity and it was passed to you. Don't, mom, if you're listening to this. <laughs> I always feel so bad when I have to say those Mom, things, and I'm like, I'm not blaming anyone. You didn't, you didn't know <laughs> if, if I was getting mold blown in my face. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's my fault. I'm the moldy guy. It's all my fault. It's a new podcast. Oh, yeah, new yeah. podcast. I've done plenty of podcasts on mold. So potentially, but that's cool. Um, so like, I, I'm learning something new. So potentially, because I'm pretty clean now, maybe I'm not allergic to penicillin anymore. If you've done the ion foot baths, probably you've gotten rid of a good portion of it, and you probably won't have an issue now. I don't think I want to test it, though. Okay. Because, <laughs> well, like, like, when I got it when I was six, it was not good. No, no, no. You should probably... We have testing in our office we could do, so we could determine if you're actually allergic before you would ever try right, that again. Right, let's not get to that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's cool. I never thought about that. Or you could be like, you know, Wim Hof and like just inject yourself with it. And oh, Wim Hof? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a little overboard for me. <laughs> I like him. He's a cool dude, but... Uh, yeah, now he's he's a, a he's, different ver- version of an extremist. He's a little extreme, yeah. <laughs> I can I can I can be pretty extreme too, but he takes the cake. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, um, so reversing, flipping it back on you. So yeah, sorry like, about that. So it sounded like you started out understanding like health was more physical, and then you went into nutrition. How where did it like kind of go from there? You know what? I I think just yeah, that's absolutely correct. It was more physical. Mm-hmm. And then I realized what I was putting in my body was not really real food. Because so I feel like that's especially men. Like we look at health of like you're you're either fat and you're not healthy, yeah, or yeah. you know you're physically in shape and you are healthy. But that's not really what health is. Correct. Um, well, there's health is a lot of things. Yeah, it's like mind, body, and soul. So like your brain is health. Mm-hmm. So I I agree with you. I think as guys, and certainly I was like this when I was younger. It was if I look good. You know, I'm eating protein bars and chicken and eggs, which I did, like mm-hmm. Rocky Balboa. <laughs> hey, I'm healthy. Wrong. Mm-hmm. It's wrong. Mm-hmm. That's not right. Yeah. That does not mean you're healthy. Just because you look at someone, they look healthy, does not mean they're healthy. Um, there's your brain. You can't see your brain. Mm-hmm. Your brain is health. There's, there's the mind-body connection, which I believe in a lot, mind, body, and soul. So there's many aspects to it. So, yeah, to your point, I started with – the physical portion of it, which probably most guys do. And again, I, I just think I was open-minded to receive the information to, you know, seek out what was really going in my body. So then it became... I have a question. Yeah. Mainly for both of you. Now, I'm like thinking about this. My our story, pers- our, my, both our stories are similar. Yes. They, yeah, your stories very are very similar. But my perception, I would deal with a lot mm-hmm. of uh, females. I have some male clients as well. But... Um, I relate to females, how they feel, how they think. I find they get very um, undermined. Their symptoms get undermined by their spouse at times because men don't always understand 
the emotional stress and some of the physical symptoms that women can experience because the male brain, it functions very differently. Like the, the way that you guys handle stress, the way that, you know, you're not necessarily um, inclined to have more anxiety pathways because of the dominance of the hemispheres and things like that. But what I do find is that men will usually discredit things they cannot see or touch. So you know you're outnumbered here two to one. I know, but I'm cu- I'm curious. This is a question. So like we do some different therapies. One of the therapies is a technology that mimics acupuncture. So it works through the meridians. You cannot see meridians. Meridians are energetic. Right. Then we have another technology that's called a bioresonance that uses frequencies to help repair DNA. Again. It's something that you can't really see. You don't take a supplement. You don't eat a food. It's just a therapy that works on you. So I find that men are quick to discredit those things. I I can answer the question by saying I think you're right. You can chime in too. Yeah. No, I I think you're right. I think you're 100% right for the most part. I mean in in general, right? In general, Mm -hmm. not everyone. I don't. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't. I do think I'm a little different for some reason. I don't. I don't know why. I, I'm confused as to why more men aren't looking at some of these things. Mm-hmm. I do think we tend to be more stubborn. It's core, It's kind of like you know, like uh, I coach you know sports. I coach my kids sports, and uh, my analogy is like I, I coach the boys, and the boys don't listen because they're like, I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm like, no, you don't have it. <laughs> like, you're in second grade. I'm teaching you basketball. Like, I, I, I played basketball. You don't, know, you don't know what you're doing. Now shut up and listen to me. And don't make me blow my whistle. But, you, but they all think they know. Yeah. And they're like hanging off the trees in flag football. And I'm like, look at these guys. <laughs> now my daughter's in fourth grade. And I coach her basketball team and her soccer team. They listen. <laughs> they look you in the eyes and they listen. And, and there's such a big difference. So I think men by nature in some ways are like tuning I got it out or- don't worry I got it and maybe it's like a mom thing where the mom's kind of like the way they raise the kids I don't know but I think we just kind of like no we got it We're I'm a man like you know you have to tell me what to do I got it I'll handle it you know it's like the um, they roll hey I won't answer directions I'll drive around like an idiot <laughs> lost for three hours in Washington D.C. but I won't ask for directions mm-hmm. that's stupid <laughs> like and that's what some guys do. Yeah. That's just stupid. And, and and so for the most part, I'm rambling on, but I, I agree with you. Yeah. Why why they don't do that, I, I, I don't know. But I think they need to. I need I think we need to smarten up a little bit and, and, and look at our, you know, stress levels and mind, body and soul and mm-hmm. ask more questions. I wanna hear Ming, what do you what do you think about this? No, I agree, we're just more stubborn. We don't like to listen. Yeah. yeah. I think our prefrontal cortex just never develops. <laughs> that's pretty much true. <laughs> yeah, that's probably at, pretty accurate, actually, look, now that I think about it. Looking at it, how the brain works, um, especially, it's it's interesting even to see how some education's uh, changing over, is that females typically, quote-unquote, right brain, more feeling, more artsy, all that. Creative. Males, males more left brain, more analytical, you know, give me numbers, give me this, I want to see it. I Details. Wanna, like, Right. And when it comes to that, it's like if you can't see it, which males left brain, you know, seeing is believing what females is like, just let me feel and experience it and I'll believe it. Right. So it's like I think-, I think that's part of the problem, though, when women go home and they say, 
this is my program and I want to I want to do this. This feels good to me. Like I trust these doctors and the men are like give me the numbers and give me this and no, that's I don't think that's worth it. And it's because like they don't see the value. They don't have the emotional buy-in because their brains work very differently too. But it's interesting that a lot of uh I would say a lot, but some educational systems are changing the way they teach to actually utilize both hemispheres of the brain. And it's when you do that, you can utilize your whole potential of the brain instead of just right. utilizing, you know, one cortex, which is, you know, beneficial, but you're going to miss all the other, what the other side has to give you. Right. So it's like being able to, A, whether it's just try to communicate and activate both of those cortex, that's kind of hard because it kind of comes back to you. Sure. Um, but it's also just, you know, helping the person to kind of, quote unquote, see and feel, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, to help them make a decision. It's true. How do you do that, though? How, how can you incorporate um, both hemispheres? Is there a way to do that? Yeah, there's when a- communicating with people, I'd say the biggest part is like NLP, neurolinguistic programming. So it's like right now I'm not going to like completely mimic you, uh, yeah. but I could have my hands like this. So it's like if my, hands, my hands are crossed and they're down, but you're up like this, really – you, when you're looking at me, you're seeing a mirror image of yourself. Because, like, oh, that guy's actually... You're a really pretty. handsome guy, by the way. <laughs> God, those headphones you're wearing, yeah. I think I have the same things on. I like your hair. You know what? It's like yeah. the yeah. shirt looks good. You got a Spiral smile. <laughs> I don't have the button down, but maybe this mirror is a little fuzzy. But other than that, so, it's perfect. So that would be like having a visual aspect. So it's like if you can look at something and see yourself in it, which like when men look at you know, a report and it's like talking about meridians and these things, like there's no connection. So it's like, they can't look at it and be like, yeah, this is great. This is perfect. Like, let's fix your meridian system. (laughs) Gallbladder 17. I knew that was the culprit. Like, no, like they're not going to have a connection with that. So if they can't connect, there's not going to be any buy-in. It's interesting. But you and I and some other select people have been able to kind of connect and at least be open-minded to it. So I guess there's, you know, if there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. Well, I think it's probably, well, I, think we, I would always, us, or, I or am I pretty much a lady? Is that what's going on? <laughs> I, I, mean, I don't know. Like, I was just going to say, not... there was a period of time that Nick was doing these brain exercises <laughs> and he was like really emotional. And I was like, dude, lay off the left or the right brain exercises, like lay off. Oh, so. I tell you, I love you. <laughs> right. So, but speaking of that, very, like, simple things is there's actually, um, if you use one headphone, depending on which side, so it crosses over. So if you do, as a male, if you put a headphone into the left ear and you actually use classical music, you can stimulate your right hemisphere. And then if from, from a opposite perspective, if you're a female trying to activate more of your left brain, you could do a headphone in the right and do more hip-hop or dance music, something that gets you pumped up. No kidding. Yeah, so those are some like very simple things you can do. But you just have to do it um, sporadically so that you're not over-stimulating. So even right. if you did it like... I usually tell people doing it like five minutes, like two to three times a week. I don't know if you tell differently. I muscle test everything. That's actually true. So, um, so yeah, so those are like simple things. And then if somebody has like a really significant imbalance because maybe they had a head injury or they've had a lot of trauma, one of the technologies we use is um, something called neurofeedback. And neurofeedback specifically works on balancing out the hemispheres of the brain. Is that good for concussions? Mm-hmm. It is, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Because I had a, a friend of mine who I had on the show, Jenny Zenner, did neurofeedback. Neuro yeah. And swore, she swore by it. Yeah. yeah. It, and she was having a lot of trouble. If it's done at the right time, it is amazing. If the brain's inflamed, like, don't give it a workout because it's just going to piss it off. Yeah. Um, but right. once the inflammation's gone and you need to rewire the brain, yeah, it's freaking awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like if we work with a Lyme disease patient who has a lot of inflammation, the infection's still in the body, we'll work on that foundation first of helping the body to stabilize the immune system, clear out the lymphatic system, clear out the infection, and then we'll do neurofeedback after. Now, what, how do you do the neuro... I'm asking you the questions again, sorry. It's okay. So how do you do the neurofeedback? Like, how does that work exactly? So you've probably heard of an EEG yep. before. So it's a quantitative EEG. Um, which is all of the electrodes that they use, and it maps out the brain. And then that dictates the neurofeedback, which I'll let him explain a little bit more. So pretty much like when you look at the brain for through an EEG, you're looking at all electrical. Uh, so the brain goes through when its electrical is really high, like right now it would be more in a beta state. Um, and then it's like then it high beta, and there's gamma, which is really high. Um, but as you go down, the brain slows down, pretty much our body slows down. So it's like on the opposite spectrum would be sleeping, and that would be delta, a slow uh, brain wave. Gotcha. So every single portion of the brain has these different brainwave states, and they should all be in a relative proportion. And when a certain part of the brain, if it's too high or too low, that's going to cause not only stress in the brain, how the brain communicate with the body, but it also, you think of those parts of the brain, like pituitary, all these things, um, the limbic system that controls emotions. So if the brain's not firing properly, it's going to cause stress on the production of hormones, but it's also going to cause just the decreased ability of, to manage emotions, to like, can cause a lot of different problems, um, quote unquote, like, that's part of the problem with concussions and these anger issues is that, you know, right. you're, you're damaging, causing inflammation in this part of the brain. It's not functioning properly. The brain's intelligent to kind of rewire itself to compensate, but that's not, quote unquote, beneficial. Uh, it's not right. working 100% properly. So then you have these imbalances of brain waves and the imbalances can cause more stress to whether it's the limbic system or other areas yeah. that can cause anxiety, anger, depression, all these things. And that's like... For me, I've had 13 concussions, so it's like oh, really? part of my journey was figuring all this out myself because nobody was helping me. And so apparently I've had 13 concussions. Oh, yeah? <laughs> well, we mirror oh, each other, true, so true, thanks true, a lot, man. <laughs> appreciate that. Apparently I'm allergic to I, I, just <laughs> I just took on your 13 concussions. <laughs> oh, my God. So this is like functional neurology, yep. Con- yep. Yep. right? Yep. So the cool thing is uh, I like to come – like when the easiest way to – I'll use the word hack because it's such a trending word. I know, the biohacking. Yeah. Um, But you can do neurofeedback just sitting down, you know, watching the screen changes the intensity of the sound, the lights that are affecting the eyes. But the easiest way to hack the body is just senses because that's how we interpret all our um, information. So it's like you can do that, but you can also combine functional neurology, understanding like if somebody has a weak right cerebellum, uh, which controls a lot of our balance, you can actually have them... Uh, let's say standing on the right leg doing some balance exercises on and off while during the neurofeedback. So now you're not only training the brain, but you're also stimulating the brain through the body awareness, proprioception. So it's like you can compound the effects of it. And then if you wanted to, you could even uh, do uh, throw in some eye exercises. So it's like you can just... Like the Bates method? um, I do. You can. um, I, I use... 
Yeah, it's an, it'd be another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but this is great because, like, I, I just think I think it's fascinating. There's so much at our fingertips. There's so much out there, like what you're doing. Um, and you know, I, I'm the guest, but I, 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 part of it is that like I hear this stuff and I, I think it's fascinating. So like, I know you guys are interviewing me, but and I start asking questions as you see. Because I think, Curious. It, I yeah, I think it's so fascinating that you know what we can do, what mm-hmm. our bodies are able to do, what our brains are able to do, mm-hmm. and if we just, you know, coming back to you know my podcast and what I do is, if I could just provide that information to people because they deserve it, mm-hmm. they deserve people deserve you need they should be informed. Um, what well, earlier kind of going all the way back is that you said it's hard, it's easy to be sick and it's hard to be healthy, and it. The funny thing yeah. is, it's it all comes down to a choice. It's just having the information to be able to make the choice, and it's, right. so I think it's actually just as easy to be sick as it is to be healthy. But the hard part is is to get the information to be able to just make that choice. Yeah, get, again, because we're just so bombarded. Right, and, and we've been programmed with all the bullshit. <laughs> we've been yeah, we've been programmed with all the bullshit, and and and, and you know if you're not privy to what we're talking about um you you know you just don't know right yeah you don't know what you don't know mm-hmm. and i you know i i would always say you know take a look um yeah, this is the male part of me <laughs> take a look at how these people look <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes like the proof is in the pudding like, yeah. just sometimes you just you know take a look at people who are doing it the right way mm-hmm. you know see how they act see how they look I mean, you know, you're not going to see images of their brain and stuff like that. But, you know, for the most part, you can kind of get the gist of, you know, who's doing well and who's not doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for you know? sure. So, No, I, I completely agree. And I think that your story was just so significant for people to understand because it was it was a slow process that you had all of these aha moments that kept – started to kind of pique your interest and make you more curious. And at the end of the day, I think the most important thing for people to know is they have to seek out the information. You know, this is not going to be handed to you. This is not going to be on your commercials. This is something that you have to take a specific interest in. And unfortunately, people are not taking an interest until they have something wrong. Because we also live in a model of don't fix it until it's broke. Yeah, uh, blood's got to be drawn. Uh, blood's got to be in the streets until we realize there's a problem. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's also unfortunate. I, I don't think it has to get to that point. Yeah, I, I really don't think it has to get to the point where we're so sick, and then we're like maybe out of choices. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I feel like it's my responsibility at this point to to help educate the public, you know, and collaborate with people like yourself that are you know you're brilliant, you know, with what you do and 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 bring on other inspirational stories, which you know. I always talk with someone on the phone before I decide to bring them on the podcast and I'll, I'll hear the story. And, you know, again, one, one was, uh, you know, he decided to go the all natural route of got rid of the cell phone, ate, you know, dark leafy greens and fruit, real food. And he did not go the chemo route. Another one is she was being, she was. And I didn't listen to that, but I think that that also, that's a mindset as well, because I have a lot of people that I've worked with. I don't want to say a lot, but I've worked with people in the past that have been dealing with cancer and they were, you know, they were doing some other treatments. They were coming to us as well. But half the time I was just counseling them to make them 
kind of feel comfortable with their decisions of not doing the chemo because they were just constantly living in fear. Did I make the wrong choice? Did I make the wrong choice? I should just do the chemo. Just kill it. Just kill it. Just kill it. Even though in their gut, they know that that's not right. Yeah. And like that's and that's the thing is, if you say, this is what I'm going to do because this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to make this executive choice yeah. and I'm going to feel good about it, you'll probably beat your cancer. But if you yes. go in and you're just constantly in fear, 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 which I get it, yeah. um, but that it, it's that is so m- much worse than anything else. I agree with you. It's I, society's I, judgments. That, that's a burden to carry on, and like, uh, it's impressive because a lot of times people that come in, part of their stress is their job, and it's just beating them down. Right. But it's like. Like, you made a decision. You left an awesome, high-paying job because you're like, this really isn't serving me and society. So it's like, you know, I'm going to pretty much leave all this money to do something that really does serve me and help society. It's fairly accurate. I haven't completely left, um, you know, so I still have some passive real estate investments. I manage some real estate. Um, More so from the pharmaceutical yeah, side. I mean, yeah. Oh, from far, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, it didn't feel good. It, it just didn't feel good. Uh, it's in my heart. It's in my soul. Um, I, I, I'm fascinated about health and wellness. It didn't feel good to me. And when, when you don't feel good, if you don't have your health, what's the point? Mm-hmm. So it didn't feel good to me, and I didn't want to be a part of it anymore because it would just didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a ton of value to doing something that you really love and again, providing this information and meeting people like you, I mean, it's a blast. I mean, I've never thought in a million years I'd be, you know, a health coach doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you told me that a year ago, I'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, really? I, like, I had no idea. I, I had no idea this place existed. I had no idea what a podcast was. I, I had no idea. Um, but I decided just to take action because I, I feel it's my responsibility to, like, make a difference. Mm-hmm. And I know I can. And, you know, you bring these inspirational stories of, of, of these great stories. They're, they're my favorite. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a lot of doctors on, and they're great, too. I, I, I pretty much love everyone that I have on. I really do love everyone that I have on. But the best ones are the inspirational stories of, of the regular Joe that have said, has said, you know, hey, I figured it out, and I went the alternative route, <laughs> and I fixed it. Like, you know, I have one, uh, Lakeisha, and she'll be public soon. She was abused by her stepfather. And she was almost... Four, she was 480 pounds, I think it was. She weighed 480 pounds. Wow. And and her mom was a great cook. And I guess her mom didn't know what was going on. And she was eating and eating and eating because she that, wondered, yeah. that was the Band-Aid. She was using food for comfort. It wasn't that she was, you know, she was being abused. Mm-hmm. And it was until that she actually had the, the courage and the bravery to step forward and face her stepfather and say, hey, you know what? You know, you, you, you abused me, you know. And I'm not going to let you do this anymore. And he, I guess he actually apologized. And it was until then that she was able to, like, break that food habit. Mm-hmm. And she's now down to, I think, I don't know, 100 and – she lost, like, 350 pounds, something crazy. She lost 350 pounds. That's Probably awesome. not just of weight, but also of guilt and shame and everything else. Right. So it was like – so the underlying root cause, as we always talk about, is that it wasn't the food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was the abuse, yeah, and the yeah. stress of what was going on, yeah. That you know this horrible situation, but 
here she is. You know, I've got her. She's in Dallas, so I wish I would love to have her in the studio. She's got a smile on her face. She's doing great. And like that to me, like I'm just smiling. I like what's better than that? Like yeah. that's the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Like if someone like that can do it, who's had a really rough childhood, mm-hmm. like, hey man, we you could do it. Yeah. And I love putting that stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Like that's like those are like the best, like yeah. the inspirational. There's always somebody with worse problems. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, so. Well, I really appreciate you being here. I think this is amazing information, and I love what you're doing and inspiring because it's just so, so important. And, you know, it's it's just I think your story is really inspirational, too, in the sense that you felt like something wasn't right and you wanted to do something that was more fulfilling. And a lot of people, I think, want to do that, but they're scared to. So I think just, you know, people being able to take away that, you know, you saw something that didn't feel right and you were able to take that first step and I think that that's really the that's the first step is being able to say okay I'm going to acknowledge this I'm going to listen to my intuition and I'm going to you know be able to leave the job or or make the change or cut the friend out of my life that's been really toxic and be able to know that you deserve to to be happy and to be healthy and I really hope that that is something that people took away from today. Well, thank you, Dr. Nicole and Dr. Nick. I appreciate it. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to tell my story. I uh, sincerely do appreciate it. And, um, yeah, we're, I love what you're doing as well. So hopefully we get to get to do it again. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure you guys will have a podcast when you talk about all the weird stuff together. <laughs> yeah. um, Maybe we'll wear bikinis and cry together or something. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> if we, is it the left brain? We're get, we're get, I'll be a big spoon. All right, everyone. So thank you for listening. So Whole Truth Podcast, uh, check him out. Um, We will be able to... I don't even know what I'm saying. We'll see you guys next week um, (laughs) and continue on with um, our 2019 series. We're talking about a different topic every month, uh, which is super exciting. So uh, so definitely head over and check out John's podcast and also make sure to subscribe to Integrated Wellness Radio. And we'll see you next week, guys. Mm